Welcome back listeners to episode 3 of Two Guys, One Dice Cup. Episode 3 is entitled, You Dirty Rat. My name's Al Goldeneye Unicorn, and I'm one of the guys. The other guy is... Hi, my name's Phil from Rashes Cairns. Uh, so, yeah, we are your two guys, and tonight, well, the poll came back uh, quite convincingly. It was uh, Dwarves against Skaven uh, to decide what we were going to talk about in uh, the rookie coaches, and it, it came back Skaven. I don't know, what, what was the final final count, Phil? So we had 166 votes this time, 100 Skaven, 66 Dwarves. So it was, yeah, it was quite a comprehensive victory for the Skaven. Well, so uh, all the rookie coaches want to get their notepads and pens ready for later on in the episode. Uh, we're going to cover the Skaven oh, reasonably in-depth, but um, hopefully with enough to get a rookie coach started on the path of the rat. Or is it the path of the horned rat? Uh, I think it's the horned rat, but yeah. Uh, it's not the year of the rat this year, is it? I can't remember, mate. I'll, I'll, all... I'll look that up while we're doing stuff, maybe confirm later on. It's all mystic, mystic weirdness. But uh, Before we get there, though, we're going to go through a few of our other um, regular sections. And the first one is on the games front. So since last time we recorded... Uh, what have we been played, where, when, and how did it go? I know we're all in the middle of uh, COVID-19 lockdown, but um, what sort of gaming have you managed to get done? I've managed with quite a bit, actually, in terms of playing online. Um, we're still playing the um, online Aberdeen League um, on Blood Bowl 2. Um, I'm still persevering with the chaos. I had a couple of pretty brutal games um, where uh, it didn't go that well for me. So before, I think last time I was on um, two wins, two draws, and and zero losses. Um, hey, yeah, you were doing well. Yeah, I'm still doing okay, actually. I'm on three wins, three draws, and two losses now. So I think that's still reasonably good going with a Chaos team. Um, so I think the worst game... Um, was um against a human team uh lost one nil and honestly it was just a shit show from uh <laughs> from from, uh, from virtual dice roll one uh i think it it started to go downhill completely uh in my seventh turn of the first half um and the guy uh, i was playing against um I think he he KO'd one of my Chaos Warriors um, and I misclicked and used the Apo uh, in the game uh, when mm-hmm. I didn't mean to. Um, and then he scored because he ended up having to get a guy... Uh, he ended up being able to get a guy through because uh, my guy was stunned on the deck. Um, and then in my turn eight... My only skilled beast man was killed by a thrower rock, like dead, oh. outright dead. And I had I had plus plus one fame at this point, I think, as well. So it was. Uh, you it would was... really, you would really, really be kicking yourself as well with the apple misclick earlier in the yeah. game. Absolutely, and then uh, I think I had another one die in the second half. Um, I I almost scored to tie it at 1-1 but then the ball 
I I I think I had about three or four removals in in a in a space of like uh two three turns maybe, where he knocked out players of mine or stunned them, and then that mm -hmm. just left an opening for him to take a hit of the ball carrier, um, and I think it was I think he rolled a, a both down, and it ended up with me just uh, having to do some crazy bullshit to get out, and I failed that. He got the ball back and managed to break down the side of it. I only had five players left at this point, but I managed to stop him scoring a second one. So, uh, were you were you on like a voice chat or anything with this guy? Yeah, you were playing. Yeah, yeah. I um, it was a, a guy called David Hasty uh, who plays. Uh, he used to play in the Aberdeen League in in Aberdeen, but he uh, teaches over in China, so uh, he's uh, he's based over there now. It's actually good to get to play him because uh, he was a, a fairly valuable member of the, the league when he was here. The reason I ask about the, the voice thing was um, you got the satisfaction of telling him exactly what you thought <laughs> during the <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had, I, I Rest assured, I had a good whinge about it. Uh, it, was a, it was a game where I thought I probably felt I probably was, was worth a 1-1. Uh, I definitely wasn't worth being on the receiving end of a 2-0. Uh, so I think 1-0 one, was probably... With the way the game went, it was probably a, a fair outcome. And then I had a couple like, of games after that. Um, a 1-1 one, one draw with Nurgle, a 1-0 loss against Nurgle, where I had eight KOs uh, inflicted on me during the game. Um, and that, there was just so many armour breaks in that game, full stop. And then I played Nurgle again for the third time in a row. <laughs> <laughs> in the last game, uh, which I won one nil. I was playing uh, Jamie Campbell, whose NAF name is JC. Um, I was uh, playing him. I, I I drew one one with him previously, and then uh, beat him one nil in the last game. It was a pretty good game actually. That one, oh, uh, good good game both both ways. So yeah, sitting on three three two with that. So I'm pretty happy with that. And outside of uh, the online stuff, I finally managed to get the kids to actually play some Blood Bowl related stuff. Oh, uh, you've got you've got to remind the listeners um, how old are your kids? So my daughters are six and three. So uh, you've got them playing Blood Bowl. Yes. So uh, it's a very stripped down version of it called Goblin Bowl, and. <laughs> <laughs> I had to kind of make it sort of fairly easy because uh, my six-year-old kind of understands a lot of stuff and she can follow things. I mean, she like I think I've said before, she plays things like uh, Monopoly and uh, Kids Monopoly and Kids Cluedo and stuff like that. So she's quite interested in board games. So we, we kind of pared it down. So you've you, uh, each person's got one player, effectively, and it's a goblin. Um, and we use the stats, so six for move, two for strength is, is kind of moot because there's only the, uh, the the one player each on there. The agility and the dodging and then uh, picking up the ball and stuff like that as well. But the the, the aim of the game is just to get from one, uh, get the ball and go to the, the side that you're playing in, in like, like normal Blood Bowl. Uh, but we don't have things like assists or re-rolls or anything like that. So it can be quite fun. Like... Uh, Go for it, sir. Are quite funny because you obviously don't have a reroll on that. Um, so I, I I picked it out. So I just had we just got um, two dice, two d six, uh, a d eight, and one block dice. 
and then and yeah they seem to be enjoying it so i'm going to try and keep that up well i guess it's the the family time as well it's that element that you're getting to enjoy so you can't com- can't complain of that i think sadly my gaming hasn't nearly been as much fun uh so I've been playing um, Blood Bowl 2 on the PS4. And because I haven't, I don't usually play online that much, I wanted to get some practice in to avoid the misclicks that you were talking about. Yeah. So that when, when I eventually get to play a human player, I'm not going to make any silly mistakes, uh, you know, moving forward so that I don't have that same same situation you've had. So you'll, still make, to... you'll still make them quite uh, quite easily, though. It, it's, it's, well, it's always frustrating when it happens. I guess that's, that's inevitable. Um, so I decided to create a human team, you know, based upon what we were talking about uh, the other episode. Yep. And, uh, you know, took the ogre and the blitzers and pretty much what we, what we spoke about and just started playing and the, whatever it is, the third division AI whatever it is set up, I don't even remember anymore. It was just games. And I think I actually managed to get about four four games in. Uh, but in one game, the misclick, oh man, it was a, it was obviously their turn. Sorry, it was their, my opponent's turn. And they were doing a two dice uphill block against my ogre. And so it presented the dice and it yep. was a, a both down, but it was a, a pow to put the player down. And I'm just holding the remote control, and I instinctively think, oh, yeah, you're pow. always going to pick the pow. <laughs> pick the pow. And, I, oh. and I, I didn't see that the dice were red to indicate that it was uh, <laughs> two dice uphill, which was fine. So the ogre went down, and nothing happened, and it was great. And then... The game continued on, and uh, it happened again in the same game. He did a two dice uphill block on the ogre, and I misclicked again. And uh, yeah, I, I picked the pow. I'm like, oh yeah, of course you want to take players down. Here's the pow. I'm like, oh, what an idiot. So, <laughs> so based upon that frustration, put the humans aside, and I thought, right, health team uh, selected it, and then started playing. And then in my very first game, uh, a witch elf died, and then I just lost lost faith in my life. <laughs> and I just thought, no, nah. because uh, a witch elf died. Then I did play a second game, and I think a blitzer picked up minus one movement. And uh, then I thought, you know what? I think I'll just put these guys aside for a little while and uh, work on something else. So I haven't worked out what that something else is yet, um, but I'll, I'll get there. Um, so yeah, I need to play a few more games to eliminate some misclicks, which is just frustrating. Uh, but a quick, um, a quick aside from uh, Blood Bowl, I have downloaded Settlers of Catan on Steam. Ah, okay. Uh, just something that uh, two other Scottish Blood Bowl players, um, what are their names, Kilted Kiwi. And um, Garrick. It's just it's a game that we would yeah. normally get together, you know, every couple of weeks over a glass of wine and play in real life. But with our current lockdown lifestyle, uh, we haven't been able to do that. So we've um, 
we haven't started playing online yet, but you know we wanted to make sure that we've all got the game ready to go. So uh, I've been playing the AI against that, and yep, oh, just computers are so annoying to play against. They're just I, in, a, in a bad way on that, or in a good way. In a, in a bad way, um, you know. I know it's a bit off topic from Blood Bowl, but in Settlers of Catan, you can trade freely amongst players. Um, different resources and stuff and uh, I think in the sort of four mm-hmm. four games I've played any trades I've offered the AI's flat refused they've never um, whereas you know that a real human player would at least think about it and take a couple yeah. of them so, yeah, it's frustrating but yes it's it's itching I need to play a game and it's going to let me interact with with other people so it's, it's a good thing yeah absolutely when are you going to get yourself into a league on the ps4 and blood bowl 2 then um oh well, i would say between now and the next episode definitely. Oh. have you i is is there one that you're keen to join already or are you uh, just gonna have a look and see what what's out there at the time i'm, I'm gonna have a, i'm gonna have a look and see what's out there at the time I think it might be beneficial maybe to try and pick one that's in a different time zone. Just my gaming is done late at night or really early in the morning just mm-hmm. because of the different parenting duties that I've got. Uh, so maybe something in Australia. Um, I've got uh, quite a few contacts down there, so I might see if if there's a few leagues that I can get involved in in there or maybe stretch out a little bit to the east coast of the U.S., See yeah. what they're doing there. I'm not over overly familiar with the PS4 leagues, um, but I'm sure there'll be one that'll tick the box for that for you. Definitely will be. So, into a more sort of physical aspect, um, and the hobby-wise, uh, what have you had on the table recently? So uh, I've been managing to get a wee bit of painting in. Um, I finished uh, three bases in Nurglings for um, a Nurgle army uh, that had just been sitting kind of part finished in the cupboard. So I got them completely done, uh, which is good. Is that, is that Nurgle for for 40,000 or for Age of Sigmar? Uh, one of the benefits of the Nurgle stuff is uh, for the demons, certainly at least anyway, uh, it's um, it's usable for both. So uh, it kills two okay. birds with one stone. So... Uh, no, I'm quite happy to get them finished because it, it gives me a, a wee bit more uh, finished work in the cabinet. Um, the other things I've been painting, so I'm pretty much finished those skinks that we uh, that I mentioned in the last uh, podcast. Uh, I've got a, a couple of highlights to do um, and then base them and then that's them done. They'll be done probably by the end of the day tomorrow. Um, so well, well in advance of this actually airing. Um, so yeah, uh, that's uh, that's kind of been the main the main part, and I've made a good chunk of progress on the Bretonians that I'm doing for McNugget as well. Um, you um, are you going to post pictures of your completed stuff up on two guys one dice cup um, Facebook page? Yeah, I'll probably just leave that for Blood Bowl stuff. Okay. Uh, in all honesty, because uh, it's more relevant. But I do have a painting blog uh, called Phil Paints Stuff. 
uh, where I'll be posting up uh, finished stuff and have all my other stuff on there as well. So if folk want to check out that, they can. Uh, but yeah, I'll probably just post Blood Bowl related things in the in the two uh, two guys uh, podcast page. So um, and that that's pretty much that's that's been the bulk of it for me to be honest. How about yourself? Any cash? Say that again. You splashed any cash? Um, have I? I don't think I have. I don't think I've bought any actual models. I bought some paints. I bought some contrast paints. And um, which ones did you get? Oh, I can't remember. Um, I think uh, it was a yellow. The green? Uh, there was a yellow. I think it was uh, a yed and yellow or whatever it is. Um, and uh, black templar, uh, the the black paint. Um, black one. The black one's actually not too bad. Yeah, to be honest, all of them um, I've found that I've got so far have been pretty usable. Uh, some are some of them are a little bit better than the others. Um, there was a green that I thought was really good, kind of like a more kind of um, camoy sort of green. Uh, right, the, so not not the not the dark angels green then. No, 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 I haven't used that one. Um, what else was there? Uh, the volipus pink or volipus purple or whatever it is um is uh is very good as well i've actually run it through uh, an airbrush uh, as well um and it gives a, a pretty good cover uh on, on an airbrush it's completely different to the way that contrast paints are intended to be used and you don't get the uh um the kind of uh the contrast paint effect with the the highlights in the same way um but i guess if you were using it like a an ink or something like that um it would be very similar to that so you get quite a, a an opaque color but very very uh like easy to paint on with a br- an airbrush sounds very sciencey phil yeah sorry <laughs> awful, awful sciencey even for me it it was it was good fun a good experiment um and then what else I'm sure, I don't think I've bought anything else I don't think I've bought any actual models uh, I've uh, been trying to trying to kind of make some dents into the the plastic pile of shame so I'm kind of um, buying stuff I'm on the opposite path I have uh, I've not picked up a paintbrush episode so I've produced no. No new models. I've not done anything else uh, sort of creative in that hobby sense, which is a bit of a shame. And I don't know why that is. Um, if it was frustration from before or you know, lack of lack of excitement, but I'm going to rectify that um, for the next podcast, that's for sure. But I have been splashing cash, which is always a bad thing. <laughs> um, so directly Blood Bowl related. I, I think last episode I mentioned that I needed to find a goblin for the Scottish legacy team yeah. that the Scottish community are working on. And I didn't mean to find the one that I found. I, and the reason I say that is that I am, um, again, I've mentioned before that I play bowl action, which yeah. is a World War II themed tabletop war game. Uh, so I've got a couple of boxes of scenery for it. 
And one of the things I like doing with these these tables is is the the little details, you know. So you can put buildings and fields and fences and have a battle, but sometimes you want to make the battlefield look, you know, even more detailed. So putting uh, telegraph poles, um, you know, signs of humanity, you know, sort of bins, burned out cars, uh, and um, you know, just little collections of you know, kegs that you might find out the back of a pub or something. And I've often found that you, you get those nice little detailed stuff on model railway um, suppliers. Yeah. They, they love all that shit, you know, lampposts that were you know, historically accurate for 1935 in south of France. This was the lamppost that they had. Uh, so anyway, I was trolling a website called um, War World Scenics. And they they advertised themselves as a model railway scenery supplier, but they had a goblin blood bowl team in resin as well. <laughs> it was just so random. Uh, and just just a random goblin team on this uh, yeah, on this model railway the, site. Okay, it was the only blood bowl thing that they had. And because I was scrolling down the sub menu, and I can't remember if it said like fantasy football, and I was like, nah, clicked on it. And it was a goblin team. I don't think it was uh, had been designed for the the updated goblins, so it didn't have any of the the new positionals like the Doom Diver or the Hooligan. Okay. It was you know a collection of, and they're all done in resin. It was a collection of goblins, two trolls, and they all looked really good. Aye, but okay. as I said, I just wanted one goblin. And as I was scrolling down, you know, they sold it as a complete team. They sold the trolls as a pair. They sold groups of goblins and groups of four. And then as I scrolled down, they actually sold individual goblin models. So I ended up buying a little guy called Basher the Blitzer. Okay. And I think their team name they've made up is the Gut Rock Greenskins, which is the name of their their goblin team that they're selling. Uh, and... Yeah, so they sold individual models, um, which was which was great. So, but I had to contact them um, through Facebook just to see what their postage charges were. Yeah, and I think it was like oh, they had like a flat rate postage of four pounds, um, <laughs> almost as much so, as the model itself. Yeah, which is exactly the cost, roughly the cost of the model itself. Um, suggested to go to eBay and so I went to their eBay store and they were selling uh, individual miniatures for six I think it was like five pounds ninety nine including postage. Okay. So I bought it through there um and it arrived in good order uh, and it's, it looks great. Nice. So and is it decent scale wise with uh, uh, the current range? I love it. It's it's really cool, um, really detailed. The resin is really crisp. Uh, you know, looks looks pretty sturdy and well well molded. And the cost awesome. was cost was exactly there. I just, you know, maybe not overly critical, but I thought from a business perspective, uh, they should maybe have just sold that to me direct for that price. Yeah. Instead of instead of having to incur the eBay, um, no tax, I suppose is the the easiest way or um, so the eBay commission on sales that they would have made. 
But mm-hmm. hey ho, that's that's that one. And then a really bad one, mate. Oh, mate, so bad. Uh, the other random game that I really love is the Babylon Five Wars miniature game that was made yeah. in the year two thousand. Oh fuck! It was on some random Facebook page for um, starship modeling, and uh, some guy posted pictures saying that found these in my attic. Is anybody interested in them? Uh, he knew exactly. <laughs> he knew exactly what they were. Yeah. Um, you know, so he wasn't going in blind. Um, but because it was in a really specific niche group, everybody knew what they were. And uh, I just I messaged the guy and said, look, because he had four, there was four models that I didn't have, all of the same model. They were the um, Earth Alliance Hyperion heavy cruisers. So okay. I thought, right, I'll, I need four of them. Well, sorry, need. It's <laughs> a terrible word. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted four of them because uh, I didn't have any. I'll take four of those two of those, one of those. And so I sent him a message just because he was selling them at 60% retail right. um, or, or this sort of magic perceived retail price. So I sent the message and then didn't think anything of it. Woke up the next morning, got the response. He told me how much it would cost. I'm like, yeah, okay. I think it worked out to be $67 US. Okay. And that's when I, the penny dropped. I'm like, oh, fuck in america yeah. all right how much how much is the postage um the postage came out at 30 33 dollars oh jesus so i mean I, I worked out the cost and it was still cheaper for me to buy them including the postage price than it would be to try and find these models um individually but it was like there's a hundred dollars american spent you know in a matter of like three or four minutes. <laughs> oh, so bad, so bad, so bad. Yeah, I guess. Um, uh, I guess that's always a bit of a gamble with buying uh, from the states. It's even worse when you get hit with a, a um, the postage tax thing uh, when you're buying new stuff. Hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, like I say, a bit of a gamble. Yeah. So that was. Um, that's, that's what I've been up to, mate. So yeah, spending money, terrible. When I really should, and I should just be painting the stuff that I've got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... Anyway, so that that covers my end. So I think we're we're winding up now to um, get ready to start the rookie coaches section. Yeah, just uh, uh, good to go on that. I think. Uh... Uh, just just for confirmation's sake, uh, twenty twenty is the year of the rat. So uh, town, is it? It is. Yeah, uh, I had a look. So uh, uh, bonus bonus year of the rat. Right. right. Well, well done, everybody. So, um, as we all know, so rookie coaches, time to get your notepad and pen out. We're talking Skaven, and I have to say. I think these guys are excellent. I really do love a rat. I uh, I haven't a uh, disclaimer. I haven't played as Skaven much. I have played as Skaven, but not much. But I've played against them a lot. Uh, there's a couple okay. of guys in Aberdeen who play them quite regularly, and 
I seem to play at least one Skaven team every time I play online or in a tournament or something like that. So um, they're obviously quite popular for a reason. Um, and I yeah. guess we'll get to that as we, we start piling through uh, the positionals and stuff. So just to remind all the rookie coaches, um, both myself and Phil are going to talk through a league roster um, for a team value of 1 million or 1,000, whatever you want to describe it as. And then we're also going to talk through a tournament roster. Uh, and the tournament rosters always rotate around the NAF championships in the UK. Yeah. We're currently using their 2020 uh, rules pack. So the team value is 1.1 million. And today with the Skaven, they are tier one. So when we talk about them, they are going to have six skills. That's um, right, yeah. And I know we might be reminding the rookie coaches of information that's already in their head, but at the NAF Championships, you get three skills on day one for tier one, and then you get three skills on day two for tier one. When me and Phil are talking about it, we're going to talk about it as though they've got the six skills day two just for any uh, clarity. Okay, so... Rookie coaches, hopefully you're still with us. And this is when we traditionally talk through the positionals. So again, into the real basics of the Skaven team. And Phil, I think it's your turn to lead us off for this yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll go through the, the different positionals for this one. Um, so um, starting with the kind of uh, the basics. Um, so you've got 0 to 16 linemen available. They, they cost 50 uh, thousand GP. Uh, their stats are seven, three, three, seven. So that's move seven, strength three, edge three, AV seven. So armor value seven. They come with no skills, and they've just got access to general skills. Uh, everything else is available in a double. Um, so they're 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 reasonably good for uh, good value for that. Um, then we've got the throwers. Uh, you can get uh, zero to two of them. Um, they're seventy thousand GP, and their stats are seven three three seven again. Uh, but they come with a couple of skills. They've got pass and sure hands, and then the normal skill access for them is uh, general and passing. And then uh, we've got the kind of stars of the show, the gutter runners. You can have up to four of them. Uh, they're available at eighty thousand. And GP and they are move 9, strength 2, edge 4 and AV 7 and they come with uh, two skills dodge and weeping daggers and access to general and agility skills is standard absolutely uh, essential guys and we'll talk a lot about gutter runners uh, in the coming, yeah, coming they're, minutes they're, they're right up there with uh, being kind of uh, best sort of borderline best end of the um the positionals out there uh next up we've got skaven blitzers you can have up to two of them they're ninety thousand. uh move seven strength three agility three armor value eight and they come with block and they have access to general and strength skills and then we've got the wild card the rat ogre uh which is one hundred fifty thousand gp uh, move six, strength five, edge two, armor value eight, and the skills it comes with are frenzy, loner, mighty blow, prehensile tail, wild animal, and it has access to strength skills on normal. Um, 
the um, re-rolls are 60,000 gold pieces each. Okay. So that's kind of, that's, that's, that's the, the, sh the whole shooting match. That pretty much covers all the positionals. Um, so we'll go into the TV 1000 roster for Skaven and um, Al, you can kick off this one. Okay, happy, happy to do so. My first point to highlight all the rookie coaches is, and I'd forgotten, picking a Skaven roster for league play is bloody hard. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. There's, there's compromises that you have to make, and it just depends what, what you're willing to give up uh, for the long game. But uh, So, rookie coaches, for me, league play... Uh, you take your two Skaven Blitzers, uh, for sure. And then I have taken three Gutter Runners. So I've not taken the full four, I've only taken three. I've then taken the Rat Ogre. And in my mind, you you can't really do a Skaven team without the Rat Ogre. So he's an essential player for me. And then I've gone for five... Skaven lineman, uh, which might seem controversial and probably is, uh, but I want to get the three team rerolls straight away to start with, uh, and then that caps out at perfectly um, a million. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's an eleven-player roster. I I would uh, say I a hundred percent agree with that, and. Uh... I have actually chosen exactly the same roster myself. <gasps> no, no. <laughs> no, no controversy there. Um, oh, well, and, and and we've already reminded the rookie coaches that we don't discuss this beforehand. Oh no, how fucking boring's that? I know what a bag of shit. Um, well, so, why don't, why don't, sorry, why don't we stop our normal standard? Because usually, I would n normally one of us would do our league roster and then our tournament roster and then the other player would talk about it why don't we just both talk about what our thoughts were for our league rosters as they're identical yeah 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 i think that's probably a good idea um, um on you go well, the, the one thing one thing is that you've got the option so you've got the ability to have four gutter runners to start with um but i just couldn't see my way around it around around getting the four uh, without sacrificing rerolls, the other concern is that uh, you know why are you not starting with the thrower? You know he comes with two skills. Uh, he's his stat line's pretty good, but again, it means you're going to have to compromise somewhere, uh, and that's just more, more sort of um, resources eaten into the gutter runners. And I and I truly believe you need as many gutters as you can get at the start. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think I think the the kind of uh, we've said it before with the the humans. I think it very much depends on the type of league you're going into. I think if you were in a league full of um, of of similar kind of edge teams, um, it's maybe it's maybe feasible that you could drop the the rat ogre because the rat ogre's cost would get you. Um, it would actually get you a, a gutter runner, a fourth gutter runner, and a thrower. So it would take mm -hmm. you up to 12 players. So I, I had considered that as an option myself. 
Um, but I mean, what you've got to look at there is although you've got twelve players, <clears throat> the likelihood of you getting enough money in the kitty to buy a rat ogre at any point is probably going to be very slim. One hundred and fifty thousand is a lot of bank. That's exactly it. Your your big tick items have to be bought at the start, which is the for me it's the three team rerolls and the rat ogre you have to have yeah. at the beginning. And I think you can justify not having the thrower because although um, the gutter runners don't have um, like sure hands for picking up the ball. If they've got the agility four. That's it. So you're picking up on a two most of the time. So oh. it's, I mean, most folk, uh, if they're playing Skaven, will carry with the gutter runners because um, they've got the most movement, uh, they're the most flexible players. Especially after they start skilling up, they're they're reasonably reasonably good at surviving. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, I think uh, my my thoughts are kind of the same as yours. You definitely want the three rerolls. I mean, you've got um, you don't have the edge of uh, across the board like an elf team, so you you lose the uh, the, the 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 ease of dodging away on a, a two up every turn. Uh, although everybody knows that that fails quite spectacularly quite regularly uh, but I mean a three up's still worthwhile trying uh, but it needs to be uh, worth it to go for it there uh, so having having the re-rolls uh, can make a difference um, okay so so traditionally then after we've spoken about our league rosters we would usually talk about the first sort of five games in a league and what skills you would like to see um, be developed. Yeah. And I think during the first five games, assuming that, talking for the finances here, assuming that you don't have any big losses, you know, so that you're not having to replace players, um, I would say you would pick up the thrower as your first purchase. Yeah, I I I disagree on that one. So you've got the okay. you've got the uh, you've only got the three gutter runners. Um, I think I would aim for getting a fourth, um, and then kind of look at where I was a couple of games after that. But I, I I'm a massive fan of the apple early on in this given team. Because um, if you start if you lose the rat ogre early. Um, it's not, Ooh. it's not coming back. <laughs> so, uh, um, and that, that's, that can kind of break a team fairly early on. I mean, yes, you're well, gonna... I've, I've been there league wise when the Rowlers died. Uh, it's tough. Yeah. Very tough. I, I think, uh, Ross, um, Anderson, um, who is another Aberdeen player, he played, uh, Skaven for a couple of seasons. Uh, in the Aberdeen League, and he lost the Rat Ogre in the first season, and then it took him towards the end of the second season till he could afford to have one again. Uh, and that was just with the redraft. Um, and yeah, it, it, it sort of changes the way you play the team completely. Um, so I, I don't know. I think I think I would probably go Apo first myself, and then okay. then probably buy a gutter runner rather than a thrower. Okay, I reasoning. Um getting the thrower first is it's 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 got to do with the speed of movement for the ball 
And yeah, but you've and, got the you've got the move. Uh, the the gut runners move nine. So no, 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 and and they do. But it's 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 the combination of speed of movement for the ball and the management of the re rolls. So, uh, what the rookie coaches need to be aware of is that the the pass and the handoff, uh, when they're combined in one turn on a Skaven team, you can shuffle the ball from one end of the pitch to the other. Uh, That's true. Yeah. And depending on you know, positions, you can you can score and you manage to pop the ball. You can turn that around and score in the same turn if you've got everything positioned correctly. And that's where the the thrower comes in because he's that first point of contact with the ball. So he'll toddle up, sure hands, pick up the ball, toddle along, and then he'll pass. And he'll do an actual proper throw pass to a gutter runner. Uh, and so again, with inbuilt rerolls, with um, sure hands in the pass skill, uh, you're then saving that reroll for the gutter runner's catch, and then that gutter runner launches himself, movement nine, with his go for it uh, to another gutter runner further up the field, and that's when they do the handoff, handoff received, and then that gutter runner launches himself another nine movement and scores. And that's my thought there. That... Yeah, I, I can see I can see the benefit of that um, from that aspect. I think uh, I think a thrower would probably be my next purchase after that, and I would consider replacing a lineman with a thrower. Um, so I, I would definitely probably be looking at adding a thrower in at some point. Um, I think you could probably trade off on the two up pass, two up catch, two up handoff, uh, quite quite easily with the gutter runners if you had four of them um but yeah you are at the mercy of a, of a one at some point in that chain um yeah and and i guess for me it's just you can put some built-in re-rolls via skills on the pitch you'll then save those re-rolls um for you know the more practical things that you might not yeah. be able to find. so i guess we've talked about purchases i mean i should say as well after purchasing the thrower, uh, depending on how the, the funds came in, it would either be a gutter runner uh, and sack a lineman, or it would be an apothecary. So, Yeah. Not, not completely dissimilar to yourself, but just in a different order. Aye. I think uh, the, the basic, uh, basic gist is there. It's just I think it depends on, on your play style, I guess. And how you would yeah. uh, how you'd you'd view the team, and I think a lot of it would depend greatly on, as I said, what you were playing against, or what you could be playing against. Because if you're playing against a load of other teams that aren't particularly hard hitting, then you can probably justify not taking the apple first. Uh, but if you've got like a buttload of dwarves or um, chaos or something that's maybe got a bit more hitting power, then I guess the rat ogre is a bit more susceptible to being singled out. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah. So, I, so, and also, it, it protects the gut runners as well if you've got the apple, because they are the the stars of the show, uh, and and the blitzers as well. I mean, linemen, they're fifty k. They're gonna die. Um, and no, um, I mean this. Yeah, I think. Sensible. 
I think from the lineman from the lineman perspective, absolutely. Uh, the the Skaven Blitzers, uh, and the Gutter Runners, and the Rat Ogre. If you've got them in the team, you you're probably going to want to use the Apple and an Apple on them if they get uh, yeah. stat downed or or killed. Um, so, skill wise, though, for these these first five games, all the natural um, star player points are going to fall onto the Gutter Runners and the Blitzers. Yes, yeah, I'd agree with that. The only people that are going to achieve anything, and they are the only players that you should be putting forward for the um, MVP. Yep, yep. Early on, definitely, you want skills on them pretty much straight away. Uh, and skill wise, you know, so let's assume there's a, a good run on skills for the Blitzers. Uh, it's one of those things, as you've said, it's dependent upon what's in your league. So if you've got lots of dodge you're up against, you want to make sure you get some tackle on the blitzers mm-hmm. or if there's some high armor opponents like dwarves or chaos dwarves, uh, get somebody with mighty blow. Yeah. That's, that's the, the development of the blitzers as I see it. Is that the same mindset for you? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think uh, you're, you're going to chuck uh, Mighty Blow on one at least and tackle on the other. Mm-hmm. And then, depending on what your next role is after that for a skill up, we're dependent on how you kind of build, build them. I mean, what you're, you're aching for on the uh, on the Blitzer is a double so you can take Claw. Um, yeah. And then, then if you've got Mighty Blow already, that, that guy's a, a, a bit more of a killing machine. And then you, you can't go wrong with a bit of guard as well. They're uh, one of the the two positionals on the pitch that can take a strength skill. So um, guard does give you a bit of a, a kind of additional kind of option for, for hitting as well. So, yeah, I think, I think um, I would, I think I would focus on tackling mighty blow first. What are your thoughts on the gutter runners? This, this, this might be where we deviate from each other. So, So I think because you've got three, um, you kind of want to kind of add different roles in there early on. Um, I think block on one of them, so you've got a blodger. Um, I would advocate sure hands on one as well as a first skill, because uh, then that negates the need for having the thrower, because um, you've got uh, a reroll for picking up the ball. Um, and then its second skill would be block. Um, I think uh, having one with sprint as well um, is is useful, uh, giving you the uh, the extra go for it, um, and then naturally kind of try to create a one uh, one turner. Um, so if if you if you're lucky enough to get a stat stat up with one uh, to take it to movement ten, uh, oh, yeah. then you, then you're going yeah, sprint yeah. sure feet, uh, and you're just keep putting that guy on um, for the one turn shots. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's 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 other things that can make it uh, really interesting. I quite like uh, if you get a double. I quite like uh, big hand as well, because uh, you're picking up in a tackle zone, um, on a two up, um, and then dodging away on a two up. Um, so you've got you can sneak it if you pop a ball. Uh, you can sneak in there and run away with it pretty easily. Um, I like two heads as well. 
Um, two heads gives you the option of uh, of chucking wrestle on one of them, uh, and then Can you see that. I think this is where we're you're talking about some of the really good stuff that can happen on doubles or second skills when they're when they start to combine. Yeah. For me, I've got the three car runners. I know that my future purchase is going to be the thrower. So mm-hmm. I don't 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 waste a skill up with sure hands. Percent uh, right though, they all have to have different roles to begin with, and uh, putting block on one. Your blodger, he's the guy that's going to yeah. be doing the scoring. He's going to be able to stay on his feet with the ball, keep on moving. When I see the gutter runners, I see I, I guess when I when I played skating quite a lot and I wouldn't like to call it a defensive style of play but in order to create these you know ability not not to not doing like a one turn touchdown but you know to create these scoring opportunities you have to be able to pop the ball yeah so the other two gutter runners one of them gets strip ball yeah. and the other one gets wrestle strip ball is really effective uh, I think as a uh, on a gutter runner, um, mm-hmm. I agree with that, um, and that's that's one of the ones I would kind of, I'd work in there uh, on some sort of level. Uh, I think if I was building one, uh, I would build one as a sweeper and give it wrestle and strip ball, um, and probably tackle as well. Um, just just because uh, progression wise, that that gives that player all sorts of uh, uses. Uh, defensively, for the reasons that you just stated, you want to get the the ball out, um, and you want to be able to kind of nip it and pick it up and fuck off down the road. That's, that's that's exactly it. So it's making sure that early on, um, and then league play, I believe that then helps you generate more uh, star points to then develop even more specialised um, players. But it's just getting getting that ball out of your opponent's hands early. Yeah. And and the a wrestle got a runner and a strip ball got a runner. They can get into full cages or half cages, or they have got the movement to catch a player in their you know in their own end zone. If if there's been a mistake by your opponent handling the ball, eh, that's that's what I see as being as being a winner. Yeah, and if you've got um if you've got a an edge four player um dodging into a cage as long as you've not got tackle i mean you've still got the dodge skill if you've got wrestle and strip ball on a player um there's a good chance you're taking somebody down you know it's a worst case scenario you're pushing them um in an advance well, that's, and then that's the reason though, that's the reason though that you'll have wrestle or strip ball because you're only going to be strength two yep and assuming that you can get a so assuming that you know you can, it'll be a two only two dice uphill. Then that's why wrestling strip ball are, are safer. Yeah, they give you the uh, they give you the tin opener there. Um, and like I say, mm-hmm. worst case scenario, you're pushing somebody uh, onto the side of a cage, and if you're lucky enough to not wild animal with the rat ogre, you can quite easily then park the rat ogre on the side and uh, use uh, one of its skills, prehensile tail, to make it more difficult to. Uh, to get out of the way, you know. So there's a, there's 
there's kind of there's good builds that you can do with gutter runners. They're very you can make them very specific to tasks, and I think that's pretty cool. The rookie coaches should be aware that the gut runners in league play so that they get developed quickly because yep. they're able to um, win you games and save you from save your losses. You know, so they'll they they can turn a, a loss into a draw quite quickly for you. So yeah, and there's nothing worse than being on the receiving end of a blitz where somebody's had their gutter runners quite. Uh, aggressively placed and mm. uh, that you've then got four of them uh, in your half of the pitch, one of whom is under the ball, the other <laughs> and then catches it on a three up yeah. and then all of a sudden they're close to scoring and uh, very very easily kind of uh, in control of the game, you know um, it's, a, it's a, useful, a useful position yeah. to have. And, and if that gutter runner's got block and dodge uh, you know he's he's going to be really good. What I would also say that that specific gutter runner that we both agreed that we would develop with block and dodge. If you get the opportunity for a second skill, sidestep. Yes, yep, yep. Sidestep on uh, on that particular one's uh, a good option because um, it then kind of allows you to dictate where you're being pushed to. And uh, put you into a more advantageous position to dodge away on a two uh, rather than a three or whatever. Than a three or, yeah, and um, it can help push you up the field closer to the ball or closer to a, you know, a good scoring position. Yeah. Uh, league play-wise, Rat Ogre, assuming that nothing goes wrong, um, break tackle. Yeah, I I think I would possibly with it being frenzy, I think I would possibly give it um juggernaut first. Um, because mm. if you, it's it's one of these things like, and and everybody does it. Um, the even experienced coaches, you've got your wild animal. Uh, it's a strength five piece. It moves fast. Um, it's it's got mighty blow. It's got frenzy, so you're getting two hits. You're probably gonna blitz for that at some point during the game. <laughs> listen, listen up, uh, and uh, and it will not, crap out. <laughs> and it will crap out exactly. Rookie coach, you should be aware that the rat ogre is is a powerful piece, um, but he can and will fail more wild animal rolls than you know an ogre will fail bonehead rolls, and uh, he'll waste your blitz and leave you hanging. So just, just so, be careful. So what, wild animals. I mean, I think this is a a, a good talking point for lots of uh, reasons. But wild animals, actually, in my opinion, the the least worst of the uh, nega traits. I agree. You're absolutely right because um, it's still because you don't you lose. Feeling? Yeah, you don't lose your tackle zones. Um, and with still. with without having prehensile tail and the rat ogre as well. Um, it's actually quite good if you if you if you do wild animal uh, and you're still a, you're still standing you're in a good position or what have you. It's not actually as bad as it would be if you then uh, were a troll or uh, or what have you and you've lost your tackle zones completely, and they can just waltz through. Uh, so th- so wild animal can be quite useful um, in terms of the nega traits, but I think. Having Juggernaut on it um, at least means if you 
if you hit somebody and it's a double both down or a both down and a skull you can then push them instead um and it, it sort of makes um it actually makes uh, uh crowd pushes a bit more uh achievable uh with people who have got block uh so it's kind of and even stand firm as well because uh, juggernaut negates stand firm so um i think i think it's it's a, it, it would probably i'd definitely take break tackle as a second skill unless i got a double um and i definitely i but i think i'd take uh, juggernaut as a first skill unless i got a double and, okay. and of well, course of course the double is always going to be block, block. And if you're lucky enough to get a second double, then claw, because uh, it turns it into a fairly reliable that's, killing machine. That's, that's absolute fantasy land. <laughs> I don't think we should lull the rookie coaches into that. I have never, ever seen a rat ogre with block and claw. So and claw. Don't, don't... Well, you, you say that, but um, like it, it just seems to be in the the Aberdeen league. Certainly, that that uh, folk seem to just roll doubles and stuff and startups for uh like crazy i tell you what coaches if you're listening out there if you're in a league and you've got a rat ogre that's got block and claw you send us a picture uh, to <laughs> yeah you guys one day's got facebook page of your roster and a nice story about how smug you feel okay you you yeah. guys do that thanks listeners <laughs> um so to to sort of tie up the league roster We've got got line throwers and, and the line rats uh, for progression with them as well. For throwers, we don't have one in our starting roster. We can't really talk about progression for them, but um, you know, not in deep, not in depth. But if you do get one, block or accurate. Yeah, I think I would agree. Um, there's a, a a decent call for leader in there as well because uh, it gives you the extra reroll. Uh, but I think I think I would go with block and accurate first, and then if I got a double, probably probably dodge for that. So the linemen, now, if the worst things happen, if they manage to get some star player points for doing anything if they somehow pick up the ball and score or if they manage to injure somebody put them up for an mvp just to get another skill on the pitch and really for me there's only three skills you'll bother giving skaven linemen and it'll be wrestle somebody will get kick and then dirty player yeah i think i think i would probably agree with that um I think if you're lucky enough to get second skills, uh, the first skill will dictate the uh, uh, what you take as a second skill. Um, but yeah, for me, wrestle is a really good one. Um, it's frustrating. Um, kick is essential. It's essential to have somebody with kick on uh, on a, a Skaven team. I think the the ability of a Skaven team to move so fast um, and outpace slow teams. And put quite a lot of pressure on fast teams uh, means that with the with having the choice of where you can place the ball uh, a lot more accurately with uh, with kick uh, allows you to dictate a lot more of the of the opposition's drive. Uh, so it's invaluable. Yeah. I would say to the rookie coaches, don't 
get sucked into putting kick on your thrower, uh, just you're putting too many eggs in one basket. Yeah, I one. think it's that's a pointless, uh, a pointless kind of way to uh, to build the thrower as well. It it needs other skills much more than it needs kick. Um, and I think uh, I think you're right with uh, dirty player as well. I think I would I would be inclined to to think about dirty player when I got maybe twelve players on the roster and. Uh, or thirteen players on the roster, and I'd be uh, and I was comfortably up on numbers in a game. Um, yeah, I mean the, the use the use of dirty player is dictated by the ebb and flow of whatever game you're in. But um, yeah, if, if you've got it on the pitch, you've got it on a line rat who's expendable. Yeah, I think getting sent off. I think the one thing to consider as a as a rookie coach with uh, with with fouling certainly is um, how how your team's playing in terms of numbers, and in most cases as a Skaven team you're going to be down on numbers, uh, with Armor Seven being the the bulk of the the team, um, you are going to lose players and you're probably going to be start the second half, most games, uh, down a player at least. Um, yeah. I would have said. I think, think the discussion about style of play that'll come in during when we talk about our uh, tournament rosters. Yeah, yeah. Although I've a I've a sneaking suspicion our tournament rosters might be very similar as well. I know, I know, it's <laughs> a terrible one. Um, but if you're happy, we can tie up league rosters there. I know it's a little bit outside of our traditional method of doing it, but if we've both got the same roster, then you know. We've I think, covered it all. I think the only other thing to, to talk about stat ups um and what you wouldn't wouldn't oh, take. Yeah. Um don't take I, anything on the lineman. Um <laughs> I don't know. I I, I I don't know. I, I think I would probably take most things uh, apart from uh armor value on a lineman. Um I I think yeah, uh, I think Strength four linemen's annoying. <laughs> an edge four an edge four lineman gives you another credible ball carrier. And I, and I know you said earlier on um they're not likely to as likely to get in, in a position for scoring, but they're still a scoring threat. You know, like with move seven and edge three, they're still uh taking a hand off on a three up, uh they're still moving a good proportion of the ball uh board yeah, with the ball. Armor seven and they're gonna get pumped. And they will, yeah. For the most part, you'll be uh, losing them. Uh, uh, they are, they are, they are fairly uh, dispensable. Uh, but if you got like um, um, a strength four one, yeah, why not give it block and then its next skill up? Make sure it gets an, another skill up. Even without another skill up, it's tying up two players potentially or a big guy. Um, so yeah. It's down to the rookie coaches who they listen to. Is it or ashes or golden eye? Golden eye says, "Don't do a stat a stat up on a lineman. You won't get a return on it. I believe, and it'll bloat your team value and league play." That that's definitely a consideration. Is bloat, and I think the same would probably be the uh, sort of in for the throwers. Although I would definitely take an edge up on uh, on the thrower oh, all day long. Yeah. Um and probably consider taking a move up and a strength up as well. Again, um, I'm not I'm not keen on armor value increases on players, and I think it's pretty much 
a case of in most circumstances I wouldn't take an armor increase but uh, strength is always difficult to pass up edge is always difficult to pass up and move is always difficult to pass up I I'd say on the on the thrower I would only take the agility I'd, I'd be nailed on for taking the agility if I had a thrower in the team um, I, I, there, there would be other considerations for uh, for the move if I, t- if I got a strength I'd consider using the thrower as a ball carrier uh, a lot more but well, I um, I described that human ball carrier thrower. Was it yeah. a human one? Yeah, yeah, uh, it was the one with mighty blow. It was the, I mean, but that was a specific build that I would make for humans. I wouldn't do it for Skaven because your gutter runners are your natural scorers, and you don't need. It's, it's a different style of play. Then, I think I think I would kind of uh, go down the route you were talking about closer to when we first started talking about the team and I would then look to um, carry initially with the thrower and progress the ball down the pitch and then look to handing off to gutter runners um, who are in advantageous scoring positions. Um, it's interesting that you say that, Phil, because you've got the thrower down as your third or fourth future purchase. Yeah, so it, it wouldn't be it it wouldn't be what I'd be uh, I'd be kind of pinning my gameplay on because I'd be pinning my gameplay mostly on the gutter runners on which I would take everything bar a, an, an armor. Yeah, uh, as far as stats go, a movement plus plus move on a gutter runner is amazing. Uh, plus strength on a gutter runner is amazing. This is... uh, plus edge on a gutter runner is amazing. It's just criminal. Uh, and then uh, armor value, no, wouldn't take yeah, that at no. all. And you know why, and the rookie coaches should listen to this, this one piece of advice. You don't take armor value increases because, you know, they cause team bloat and you're just inviting death. Yes, yeah. You, you know you're, you know you're going to fall over yourself in the next game and you're going to break that armor uh, and kill you, yourself. You, inviting the dice cards to laugh in your face if you've got something that's armor was armor eight is armor nine you're going to roll a 10 you'll get penetrated and then you will you'll you'll die so you just don't do it because yeah. you'll feel stupid i don't i think uh blitzers again though um i think i would take the first three startups again an extra move on a blitzer is good um, strength on a blitzer is even better. Um, edge is great as well. I think yeah, I would. Them. I would agree. Actually, no, reluctantly. Strength and agility only. I wouldn't take the movement. I I like uh, I like the extra move so that they can keep up with the gutter runners, um, a little bit easier. Um, I think um, being able to then. Uh, blitz somebody away from a gutter runner with a uh, a blitzer and then move with uh, within decent range of the gutter runner again uh, to act as a kind of buddy for it is is beneficial um yeah yes the reason i wouldn't take the movement is for the opposite reason i didn't i wouldn't want the blitzers to be overstretching themselves and over committing yeah 
I could, uh, yeah, I can see that as well. The line of scrimmage because the I see the gutter runners once they're skilled, they should be able to survive <laughs> or survive long enough downfield uh, by themselves. Yeah, you would hope you would hope so. It depends on the league. I think if you had lots of uh, uh, tackle um, on a league, you'd maybe kind of want to be a bit more protective of them, but. Yeah, it depends. It depends a, a fair bit. Um, I think I'd definitely take Adge up uh, purely because of the ability to reposition them on defence. Um, being able to dodge away on a two-up instead of a, um, a three-up. Yes. Um, and, and, and it's not just that, though. If, if the Blitzer has managed to um, pop the ball, if he then has the ability to pick up the ball himself, if there's no other options for you, yeah, before uh, he can do that, or and he's also a threat. Do that. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Make your opponent a little bit nervous. I think um, on the rat ogre, would I take anything? No. 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 It's an expensive piece. Um, movement seven is inviting, but at the same time, you know, movement six is still one of the faster. Um, big guys. So yeah, move. Uh, strength. No, I think strength. Strength five's fine on the rat ogre. Absolutely. And and you're not likely to be dodging away. Um, unless you've got break tackle and you and then break tackles going on strength. So. Yeah. And that was my my skill preference would be break tackle for that for that reason. So. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd take any. Any startups on the route ogre yeah. at all? Right, rookie coaches. That is Skaven League. So now we're going to find out if uh, Golden Eye and From Harashes have got the same uh, tournament. Yeah, I've got a really horrible suspicion we do, mate. Probably. Um, this might be one that we so, agree on. Um, and so, just another another quick reminder to the rookie coaches listening. Uh, so it's 1.1 million we get to spend for the NAF Championship 2020 uh, tournament pack and Skaven are tier one. So yeah. six normal skills over the two days. That's so right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll it out for you, mate. Okay. So I take two Skaven Blitzers. I take four Gutter Runners, one Thrower, one Rat Ogre, four Linemen, Three rerolls, and that <laughs> levels out at one point one. Yep. We got the same. Yep, exactly the same. Exactly the same. Yep. Okay, skill wise, so six normal skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, one blitzer gets tackle. One blitzer gets mighty blow. One gutter runner gets strip ball. One gutter runner gets wrestle. The two other gutter runners get block. Okay. My uh, quiet there. My skill choices are a, a bit different from yours. Okay, I guess. Well, there's no. Okay, it's not so you should. Right, so we've got the same roster. Um, what are your what are your skill choices then? Um, so, uh, tackle on a blitzer. Yep. Um, I've not bothered with mighty blow, uh, on the other one, um, um, on the gutter runners. I have strip ball on one, um, block on one, 
and sprint on one. Mm -hmm. And then on, for the other choices, so I've got two skills left, um, block on a thrower and wrestle on a lineman. Now, this is where the discussion starts on how a Skaven team gets played. And yeah. you have to assume that by the end of turn one, I'm fucked so hard. <laughs> the one problem with Skaven is that they can rack up casualties against them so fast. Because there's so much armor seven and the lineman, uh, the yep. door, the guard. You you bleed players really quickly. Um, my my scaven strategy has more got to do with, I guess, a, a, a defensive offensive style of play, and I alluded to that with the league play discussion. So I've got my strip ball got a runner and my wrestle got a runner um, and then the tackle and the mighty blow blitzers so what I'm trying to do during a tournament game is to limit the uh, limit the damage they're doing to me and also limit their ability to score I don't know what your, yeah. your thoughts are on your roster yeah so like for me um, I'm not going to be entering into a punching contest with most teams. So I, I, I felt kind of the mighty blow was a, a bit of a kind of out, outsider for that. I mean, I, I don't, it could be useful, um, but I didn't see it as being essential. Um, what I did see as having given me options were, um, so I think we both agree that strip balls are essential in there. Um, and I think having block on at least one of the four gutter runners is another essential because it gives you a blodger. Um, I went with sprint just purely to get to make one turns a bit easier. Um, and that gives you an option as well. Um, and it means people have to be very careful how they set up. Um, as that is one thing that we haven't touched on strongly, and it might be something for a, a future episode, but it's the the one-turn touchdown from kickoff. Yeah. And this, this Skaven are the first team we've discussed that have got the ability to do that. So uh, I guess it, it's, it's, it's a skill to develop, but I think the rookie coaches can survive without it at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I think um, if I was taking it, I would I would take sprint. But if if I was a brand new coach, I would probably trade that sprint in for a for a block um, yeah. on on another guy. Now the reason I went with uh, wrestle on a line rat instead of on a gut runner was purely because of the um, the strength two versus strength three. Um. I thought, well, uh, the lineman's movement seven, so he's still got a fair range on him. Uh, he's edge three, so he's still got a decent uh, uh, chance of dodging away from people if he's parked on them. Um, so it 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 gives a bit more kind of uh, of an option uh, with that, and and you're less likely to be uh, two dicing somebody. Uh, you're you're more likely to be getting the one dice on them. 
what I can see totally why you would go wrestling a, a gut runner because then you've got more likelihood of uh, piling in with the uh, into a cage. Um, but if I was going to be piling into a cage, I'd probably be doing it with a strip ball guy. Um, I've oh. I've played uh, I've played against that a, a number of times. There's one of the guys uh, in Aberdeen uh, who plays Gavin a lot. Um, Stephen Stephen Brands. Um, he uh, he he's good player. He's a good player. He'll be representing uh, Team Scotland at the at the Euro Bowl next year, um, playing Skaven. Um, and he's uh, he's strip balled me on five ups into cages, uh, several times uh, when I was playing lizards, and it's really fucking annoying. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna happen uh, at least once well, I, in a tournament. So uh what I would like to say it's a war story which um dates all the way back to Euro Bowl ten in two thousand fourteen. So I had this I had the scape and roster that I've just spoken about or something extremely close to it. And uh I was representing I was one of the Team Scotland players at the time and we were playing Wales and it was round three and I was against humans and the player's name was um, Neil P. Ferd. Hopefully I've pronounced that correctly. Um, he had a human team that was sort of modelled like little pirates or something from what I remember. And uh, you know, the long story short of it was I received during the first turn uh, managed to score reasonably quickly, uh, didn't incur too many casualties, and then uh, he, I think he only had, maybe not reasonably quickly, but he had a couple of turns to try and score and didn't. And then, so I'm 1-0 up going into the second half. He's receiving, and he uh, initially pushed down very quickly, but then realised that he had to slow it down. Because if he scored quickly, I had the ability to score quite quickly back and win the game 2-1. So he was playing for the draw. So he was doing a slow grind. And during, I think it was six turns, I just kept sending gutter runner after gutter runner into his cage and popping the ball. Um, <laughs> starting, starting with strip ball, send him in a... But at some point, uh, send in the wrestle guy, you know, he got stunned or whatever. Uh, I just kept sending gutter runners in yeah. the ball. And what I was not doing, though, was trying to score after that. You know, we spoke about the ability to, you know, pop the ball, quickly pick it up and shuffle yeah. the ball. I was purely focused on defensive play and having strip ball, wrestle and the two blodgers I just kept feeding a gutter runner into the cage and popping the ball so that he had to spend a turn trying to recover it, reassemble a defence and keep pushing on. Uh, and the game ended 1-0 to me. He, yeah. he uh, Because I had that, had those tools in the toolbox. I think I think they, they do open up um, a very aggressive defensive style um, and total balls to the wall. Um, 
whereas you'll get some teams where uh, you can pick your moment uh, quite um, quite quite easily uh, but you have to to be kind of committed to it uh, like you said with with Skaven you've got a bit more um, flexibility with that and you can keep pressure on um, I think I think the, the worry with uh, with that sort of play is if you go down uh, with the wrestle guy for example uh, you're giving up a, a foul on that guy at some point in the next turn um, and I would be I would be actively trying to do that if somebody was doing that and have actively done that uh, uh, when somebody was doing that to me um, but yeah um, I think I think we both we're both choosing the skills that we've got for the same reasons I think the only difference the only difference complete difference is I would chuck block on the the thrower um rather than sort of having four skills on on gutter runners and the only reason I'm I would do that is um for the reason I mentioned further back the way in the the league thing is it gives you um a an easier chance of picking up the ball without burning a reroll and then holding on to the ball without being blocked by somebody especially against faster teams um and not having block so then you've got you've got block there so you've, you're more reliable at staying on your feet and then that allows you to a bit more time to position the gutter runners to score yeah i, I can't i can't disagree um, having this given throwers a ball carrier for the early part of the play um sure hands protects them from strip ball block is block um but from this from yeah. the style of, from the style of play I want to develop got runners will be able to be an offensive and defensive unit yeah, I think runners having having dodge built in uh, makes them quite um quite reasonably reliable as well unless like I say unless you're coming mm -hmm. up against tackle um somebody's having to hit you with a block piece and hoping that they get uh, a, a both down or a pow um we've all hit like snotlings and goblins uh, and halflings repeatedly on two dice and three dice blocks and consistently rolled uh, defender stumbles and pushes. Yeah. Um, so the same principle kind of goes with gutter runners as well. You know, it, it does happen. You know, you end up pushing them around the pitch uh, rather than knocking them over. Um, so yeah, I think they've because they've got a, a fairly good skill built into them already. Uh, I didn't feel as as exposed, not giving the other one a skill. So I've still got it's still a, a viable piece on the pitch. That that was kind of my angle, and the thrower, it, given the thrower block, just gave it that extra something that that brings it up in the standard of the team. I think I think we would probably play. Um, Completely differently if we were both playing the team. Um, I I th I I would be a bit more. I reckon I would be a bit more surgical uh, with my striking, whereas I think you would be a bit more balls to the wall and just, uh, like you said, picking away at them constantly. Oh yeah, um, I'm everything or nothing, just all full noise right at their face from the get go. Yeah, but whereas whereas you were quite happy to kind of uh, just stall the player the play and, and make them pick up the ball again and recover it i'd have been looking for the the the, the moment to take the the, uh, the ball out 
pick it up, cycle it up the pitch and score as quickly as possible to kill off the game. Uh, so I, I think I, I probably would have played it, played, I would play it slightly differently, I think, than you, but um, I think we would probably probably kind of be aiming for the for similar uh, similar stuff. So with that tournament uh, discussion having happened, I believe traditionally now we should um, we rate but before we talk about star players, uh, we have to rate these guys out of ten as purely for tournament win or tournament winning potential. What's, yeah, what's your thoughts? I, I think I think with these guys. What did we say humans were last time? I gave humans seven. Uh, I think I said a six or a seven last time as well. Um, I would say for me that these guys are, uh, the Skaven are probably more of a, a seven or an eight. Uh, definitely a nailed on seven at worst, uh, an eight at best. I think the problem that they have, the problem that they have is that they're, uh, they don't have the staying power that some of the uh, the elf teams have, or. Um, or the other tricks that they have. Um, I don't know if they win as many tournaments, but they're usually up there. Yeah, I think we are we're on a similar page with the Skaven. I would nail them on for a seven and no more than a seven. Uh, they've got some really good tricks. The gutter runners are really good, um, backed up by some well-skilled blitzers and a good little bag of re-rolls, but when the wheels start falling off a Skaven team, wow, do they fucking fall off so fast. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that, and that's yep. the thing. You, you're, you're down... You can quite easily be starting a second half with five players on the pitch. Yeah. So then, with, a, aye. with a Skaven team at a tournament, you can win a game 5-1 and feel like you are the king of the world. Uh, but the next game, you'll lose it 2-0 and 6-0 six, six on casualties because... Your guard runners are just getting splattered all over the place. Your line rats are running about headless, and your um, your rat ogre just rolled ones. Yes, yes. No uh, work. You've spent the entire game uh, trying to pick the rat ogre up off the uh, the deck, um, <laughs> because the the first time it hit something, it double skulled and yeah. went down, and you were fortuitous enough for it to stay on on the pitch, but then. Uh, the remaining six turns of the drive uh, after that, uh, it uh, just wouldn't get up. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, it's tough work. Um, so, so we are having a quick chat about star players. Yeah. So who's your who's your go-to must-have star player, and um, who's your you know, sky's the limit, be-all and end-all star player? So I think um, I think. If I've if I've got less than an, than the money for a wizard, and I'll make that distinction quite regularly, I think I would probably go with Creek Rust Gouger. Uh, so he's the kind of uh, the ball and chain guy now. Um, he's kind of replaced Fez Glitch um, in the uh, the star player options for uh, GW uh, GW's most recent release, and the reason I'd go with him. Um, so he's got ball and chain as a skill he's got mighty blow and no hands prehensile tail which is useful secret weapon so he's going to get binned at some point um, and loner um, he's 130k uh, but the key to him is his movement 5 
So if you get him in the mix, with him being strength uh, 7 as well, he's getting potentially 5 hits on players during that, that turn. Uh, and I've seen him wreak absolute mayhem uh, on a pitch. Um, yep. He's he's just I I I would say that he's a good uh, he's a good option. Um, for, for what, what about your top end? So I think it's very difficult with with these to to kind of look at the the trade off for a wizard. A wizard's great for teams like Skaven, where you can pop the ball and then go and get the ball easily and then run away with it. Um, but there's there are a few options. I think um, I think I I, I quite like uh, Skitter Stabstad. Um, so he's um, he's effectively an additional gutter runner for 160k, and he comes with prehensile tail shadowing and stab. Um, I think he's a useful player to have. Uh, as an option, like I say, having five gutter runners on the pitch is uh, is an interesting option. Um, I do kind of like Glart as well. I don't know about you. What what, what your kind of? Uh, well, my go my go to star player is Skitter Stab Stab. Uh, I know he's more than a wizard, but having a fifth gutter runner on the pitch. Uh, I think is is worth its weight in gold. Um, you know, he's got the same stat line as a gutter runner, obviously. Uh, loner, dodge, prehensile tail. So he's just as difficult to get away from as a rat ogre. Yeah. Uh, but then backs up with shadowing and stab. So not only is he going to do all the stuff that a gutter runner will do for you, on the off chance that he ends up next to somebody, you know, that can, uh, you know, quick stab, stab between the ribs and shadowing gives them that extra skill to keep on moving um, outside of your own turn. So, yeah, if I had money for a wizard, I'd splash a bit of extra cash and get skitter stab on the pitch. I've, I think and, in most circumstances I'd still take a wizard. Um, but he is a he's a, a good star player as well. He's, he's a potent star player and I cannot... Uh, under under um under represent how important he would be to a team for an extra ten grand. He'll do more for you than a wizard would. I think I, I think over the course of a game, uh, you're you're probably right. Um, yeah. Um, I think he's uh he's got more options that you can use him for. Um, mm. and also if you tend if you go down, a gutter runner. You've still got four gutter runners, so it's it's kind of you still you've still got a lot going for you in, that, in those circumstances. Um, and and on the top end, Clark uh, Smash Rib. Now, are you, are you talking senior or junior? Junior, sorry, that's right. I could say junior. Junior over senior. So so seniors the uh, the current one. Um, juniors the one that. So when we're when we're talking just for clarity's sake, when we're talking about uh, some star players, some of these star players will be available still in NAF tournaments at the moment. Uh, so Glart Smash Rip Junior uh, was an old star player from the previous edition, um, 
who has been retained um, in the uh, the current uh, yeah that's, NAF rules. That's the correct thing to say. So if, if I was talking about games workshop only rules as is, then Clark Smash Rip himself. Yes. Um, so uh, block, claw, grab, juggernaut, loner, stand firm, 190 grand, movement 5, strength 4, agility 2, armor value 8. Um, he would be my go-to guy. So, so that's that's Glart Smash Rip Senior. Senior, yep. yep. Uh, uh, junior, junior is a loner, block, claw, juggernaut. Yeah. So depending on the format of the event, and and as we're talking about the NAF championships, is available. I would take Clark Junior if I had the option. Yeah, I think if because uh, I. I think I looked at building a star player based team for a, a tournament roster for Skaven because I know it's possible oh, with with Skaven, stab stab, but you're you're giving away too much, um, and I think it'd be the same with Glart uh, either Glart. Uh, you'd be giving away too much. There is an option to kind of maybe drop the Rat Ogre and uh, mm. replace him with uh, Glart Senior, and uh, but you're going to have to drop a a reroll as well. Um, to make that work, yeah, it, and that's too much. You're, you're giving away too much there. Um, too much to give away. And I think you will. Um, the rookie coaches will hear us talk about Glart Senior and Junior in the future episodes when we talk about underworld denizens. Yes, because um, they are definitely a factor there. But when it comes to a pure Skaven team, yeah, like a stab stab, uh, everybody else is too expensive and eats into your resources of the main team, which are far more important to have. Yeah. I think uh, the the kind of the way you play uh, generally will dictate that, uh, that Skitter Stab Stab is the better option most of the time. Um, but aye. I think, so the Glart, the Glart Junior Senior thing will also very much depend on what your league's running in league play. Uh, whether you've got access to a wider pool of star players, or whether you're just going with the current uh, GW ones that are as written in the head coach's handbook right now, plus whatever um, spike journals have come out since uh, since that's come out. I think it's just the ogre one so far. But yeah, well, I think that covers the Skaven for the rookie coaches. I hope they've learned a lot. Yep. Maybe. Cool. Okay, so our, our next section is Dice Rage, um, with a tagline, when it can go wrong, it will go wrong. Um, so we've all had moments with Dice Rage. Uh, Al and I are going to regale you with uh, the shenanigans that we've been subjected to or subjected other people to over the, uh, the next uh, fair number of minutes here, I think. So Al, yeah, Al, well, give us a, a, a dice rage from yourself. So dice rage, this one is uh, reasonably fresh. This is from the NAF World Cup in Dornburn in Austria. Yeah, uh, uh, 2019, uh, yeah. 19, yeah. So with this one, I was playing Norse, and I'd never taken Norse to a tournament before, but um, I was still happy to be playing them. Uh, oh, mate. <laughs> I, 
this was game three, but I think it was on day two because the schedule was all a bit awry. Um, yes. I can't remember. <laughs> we won't talk about that, but I was, um, I think I was on table five out of six at this point. Yeah, you and Rushby were propping up the bottom end of the table uh, yeah. tables at this end. And, uh, of, um, of our group, we were still doing pretty well as a team. As a team, we were doing well. And so much so that the team that we played against were extremely good people. And I sat down on table five, off six, as I said, and I was facing off against a Dark Elf player. Now that put the shits on me straight away. What's a Dark Elf player doing down near me? And um, had a quick look at the roster, and from memory, I spotted the assassin, which made me twinge a little bit because all my players are effectively armor seven, yeah, and an assassin with stab and shadowing. Oh, so I decided not to let my head drop. It was a new day, and my opponent, his um, nap name was Moloch, M O L O K. And I must say, straight away, extremely nice man. Uh, very funny and thankfully very apologetic because what proceeded to happen, uh, I received from memory, managed to knock out one of his players and get, pick up the ball. That's a good start. You can't be upset with that. Uh, but then it all went wrong. It absolutely all went wrong. And his dice might as well have just been on fire because uh, he was taking players off left, right and centre, <laughs> popped the ball, scored, uh, stabbed the first half and I'm pretty sure I was 2-0 down going into the second half and I had five players left on the pitch. Brilliant. Uh, How many players did you say he stabbed in the first half? He got at least two. Jesus. Okay. Stabbed them. Stabbed them to KO our death. Brilliant. Um, dice rage is not really rage, and I think coaches and rookie coaches will get to a point where they have to accept that. See, when you're losing, and there's nothing you can do about it because your opponent's dice are just absolutely on fire. You just have to sit and smile and just pray for it to be over, <laughs> and. It's a short dice rage story with a compliment at the end, but my opponent didn't even need 16 turns to table me. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of his turn 13, um, he had block and foul and stab and chain push you know, players into the crowd. It, my players were leaving the pitch every which way as humanly possible in the game of Blood Bowl. Amazing. And when it got to the end of turn 13, and, you know, I still had, I think there was like four guys in the queue open. Uh, my opponent could see that he had broken me completely. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was still in a good mood because he was just such a nice guy. It wasn't his fault that his dice were just, you know, pouring out eights and nines and tens. Uh, oh, but getting tabled at the World Cup on the third game was a really, really hard work. And uh, I, he, he thankfully bought me a couple of beers, which I earned. But <laughs> a 
that's that's a dice rage story that you can't really rage about. Um, you just have to suck it up and accept that it's happening. But yeah, after after I got that one KO on his team, everything else it was just one way traffic. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the marker of a game like that is your opponent and how they handle it. And uh, it sounds like the guy you were playing um, was a, a a nice a nice guy. Um, and that that makes that makes it a lot more palatable uh, in terms of how how the game's gone because. Uh, there's nothing worse than if somebody at the other end of the, uh, the other side of the table is being a cock about it. Um, but if it's somebody who's genuinely kind of, uh, they're enjoying the game, but they're not rubbing it in your face. Uh, that's uh, um, that, that, well, that's a good thing. Was a genuinely nice coach, a good player, and and a good person, and he could he could acknowledge that it wasn't his skill that yeah. was in play at that point. It was just his dice rolling. It was just so one-sided. Um, and it was so one-sided so quickly that there was no way I could return any sort of damage or put up any sort of defense. Yeah, um, no, that, that makes sense. I, I think, I think uh, I, my, my dice rage is a, a similar story um mm. from uktc um not this year but the year before so uktc 2019 um so that was the uh um it went down with a couple of guys from aberdeen we, we've had a, a a number of teams at uh at uktc now uh so we've, we've been pretty consistent with that that's the event that's in york in york yeah ah, yeah it's a very very good event it's a, a nice fun event good atmosphere a nice venue um and just generally a a team event is is a good one for building rapport with your your league mates and uh, and stuff like that it's also good for for building your skill at playing in a team environment if you're interested in playing competitively for your country at things like eurobowl or even just uh, competitively at european um, mm-hmm. So I would strongly suggest uh, giving UKTC a, a shout and um, uh, Brendan, uh, whose uh, uh, NAF, NAF name's, is it Pipey or Pippy or, or what? I believe it's Pippy. Ah, whatever. Uh, he's, 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 missing a, he's missing a P. Um, but yeah, he's, a, he's a, a really, really nice guy and he runs a, a, a pretty nailed on tournament. It's, it's one of the first ones I uh, beg for time off from the wife for every year um because it's a, a great tournament anyway uh enough enough of the uh, uh the sales pitch uh for somebody else's tournament there um so i i've <laughs> i'm playing uh as part of a team from aberdeen and we're doing reasonably well um and we uh come up against the uh uh the geordies um in i think it was round god it must be let me just check. Um, it was fairly, fairly kind of middle of the, of the tournament. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't early in the tournament. So we'd, we'd been doing reasonably well as a team. Uh, yeah, third, third game. Um, and I was playing against uh, Don Vito, uh, who is, like you were saying before with Moloch, is a, a great guy. He's a good laugh. Uh, it was my first chance, uh, chance to play against him, but I'd heard plenty of stories about him. He's uh, proper ugly, though. 
<laughs> I was getting to that. If if you if you could imagine somebody who actually looks like a dwarf, it would be Don Vito. Yep. He's got a I I a shaved head. I I I don't want to say bald because I don't know whether it's by choice or or what have you. Uh, he's got a beard. He's uh he's a broad lad, um, and he's quite short, um, and loud, but he is amazing fun to play against. Um, yes. So I I was running undead, and I was I came up against his humans. Now he's a very good player as well. Um, I'm pretty sure he's represented Team England at some point. Um, I believe so, yeah. And he's a, a very, very competent player. Let's just say that. Uh, it doesn't do him justice, though. So he's um, he's got a, a fairly sort of solid build human team. Now, the rule set for UKTC that year was the same as the World Cup. Um, a lot of tournaments will kind of uh, mock up the same rule set as the World Cup to allow people to get practice in. Um, and the benefit for a human team that time was it allowed you to stack a skill um, on somebody. So he had a mighty blow tackle uh, blitzer, I'm pretty sure, from memory. Um, and that guy just ran through my team and murdered the entire thing. I think um, on his drive, uh, he smashed my team to bits. Um, mm -hmm. On my drive... Uh, I was setting up with very little on the pitch. I think I'd at least lost one mummy by that point, and uh, and most of the other players that were any good at doing anything with the ball. Uh, and I'm not I'm not a bad undead player. Um, I'm reasonably reasonably competent with undead as well. Um, I, I wouldn't. The thing is, I wouldn't have said I was doing anything wrong. It was just his dice, like you said, were on fire. Um and uh every every knockdown um felt like a removal. Uh if it wasn't a removal, it was a stun. Um and it got to the point where he'd got the ball and uh and he was actively trying to table me, uh just get get rid of all my guys. And uh and uh <laughs> I had I had one zombie left on the pitch and he kept hitting this guy and he kept going down. And I kept standing him up and dodging him away for one square. <laughs> and it, this went on for a couple of turns. Uh, and then eventually he went off as well. And I was uh, taped. That's the, the one time I've ever been tabled. Um, and uh, I lost 2 0. And as a result of that game, and uh, this is a bit of advice for anybody, I would strongly suggest that you do not hand somebody a gift of dice at the start of the game because there is nothing worse than that person using that set of dice that you've just given them to murder your team and table you <laughs> it is so destroying uh, constantly seeing the uh, the old Aberdeen Blood Bowl logo uh, which was on the six obviously being rolled on the on on those dice as it was removing my players, uh, was just soul destroying. So yeah, that would be that would be tough to swallow. Yeah. So as a result, from now on, I I never hand people dice at the start of a game. I always hand them over at the end, uh, for that reason. And I I would strongly encourage other people to follow suit with that. 
I, well, it's good. It's good that our dice rages were not rages. Uh, you know, horrific thing. Well, horrific things happen, but it was only because you know the dice were on fire. It's not because you were we were unjustly, you know, robbed by you know one reroll one. No, I think there was a there was a point in the game for me where um, where there was definitely a tipping point, and I could have possibly have got it to one one, um, and then it just fell apart after that. And I I, I think as I said before, if you're having a game like that, uh, you can still have fun, and it's very much down to your opponent as uh, and your attitude to being uh, to being in that situation. Uh, that mm. uh, that dictates how much fun you have, and although it's in the dice rage section, I still had a good game. It was fun. I yeah. learned a lot, um, as you do when you play anybody who's uh, substantially better than you uh, a game. Um, the opportunity to learn from those games is massive. You know, it's uh, it's, and I think it it's definitely helped make me a better player. So it was a good experience, even though it was a one for the dice rage pocket. I, I could have I could easily have uh, have burned those dice that I gave him though. It was uh, it was awful. Moving on from the rage, which uh, all good players will have, and I'm sure we'll hear other people's stories in the months to come. Uh, before we get to our next podcast, what are we actually hoping to achieve? What's our best endeavors? Because I think I failed mostly mine. I think. Yeah, I, I got close to mine because, like I say, I've uh, I've pretty much finished those skinks, and that was the one I agreed to kind of get to um, by the time we recorded this. And like I said they'll be finished by the time we air the podcast. Um, but yeah, I I I think for me, uh, next time round, I I'm gonna ha- hopefully have finished uh, uh, McNaughton's team um, so that I can get them off the painting table. And I want to make some progress with the Bastilladon uh, for the Lizardmen um, Age of Sigmar stuff. That's the next is that uh, the, thing. Is that the big which world resin monster? No, no, that's the Dreadsorian. The Bastilladon's the... Uh, uh, it's like a shorter dinosaur thing with a, a, a laser on the back of it, effectively. A, a crystal laser thing. <laughs> Dinosaurs with lasers. Dinosaurs with lasers. Yeah, you can't knock that. Um, I'm not going to try. So I'm going to give that a a good Dutch try to get that going. Um, And I've also got a a great unclean one, a Forge World great unclean one sitting on the table at the moment that's um, that's most most of the way through to being painted. Um, One of the things that I've kind of started doing, uh, we've got our local games workshop runs a, a thing online called paint club. Um, and basically they set a, a challenge on a monthly basis and it's not, it's not really for anything other than to encourage people to, to paint stuff really. Uh, but I found that quite useful to actually focus me in on finishing something. Um, so the, this, uh, this month's one is, um, a rescue, uh, mission. So something that you've either, it's quite loose, but something you've either started and you uh, you want to get over the line, or something that you started and did a shit job of, and uh, want to uh, to rescue or or what have you. So this great unclean one, like I say, has been close to being finished for a long time. So uh, I'm rescuing it from the paint uh, the 
part painted pile and uh, and getting it over the line permanently so it's done as well. So that's stuff. That, that's me. That's that's what I'm aiming for. If I get like I say, if I get McNuggets team finished, I'd be happy with that and a bit of progress on the other two would be good as well. What about yourself? For me, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it basic. I'm gonna get this golem painted for the um legacy team for Scotland. Yep. So he's pretty cool. I want to get that done. Uh, I want to play a real person online at Blood Bowl, be that on Fumble or Blood Bowl 2 on the PlayStation 4. Uh, so to actually play a real living mind on the other side, not just, you know, stupid stuff that the computer AI gets up to. Uh, and there's a few little basic bolt action things I want to get done. Nothing advanced, just get some base colors on some basic inventory uh, with the hope that the lockdown will start to ease and that we can get back to playing some real-life games with real-life people um, and see each other again. Yes, yeah, that that would be great. Um, I think we're all kind of getting a bit weary of uh, of being a pendant at the moment. Uh, I, yeah. I think, like, like, like we said last time, I think a big part of the game for me is uh, social interaction. And is. As, as much as you can have a laugh over voice chat or what have you in uh, um, in Fumble or um, uh, whatever, um, I think actually it doesn't kind of, uh, it doesn't make up for actual human contact where you're sitting over from somebody oh. and you can actually get a, a good kind of rapport going with who you're playing against you know so exactly if you think back to the there's only been one blood bowl tournament in scotland this year hasn't there yes yeah i and i i wasn't able to attend as a player but i managed to get a handful of hours during the day and i drove out just so i could see everybody and at that point we had no idea what was coming yeah yeah even a consideration oh i just wanted to drive out and spend an hour with some friends um, just to say hello. And if, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have seen yourself in the flesh this year. Yes, yeah, because uh, I mean, you weren't at UKTC, so um, yeah, it was the first opportunity for us to to kind of be in the same yeah. room at the same time. Uh, it's, uh, that's that's it's crazy. Yeah, because I mean, we've, uh, we've lost a good chunk of, uh, of the, the Scottish tournaments this year, and I mm. think... Uh, we lost Friday Bowl because um, that was really early on in uh, lockdown. Uh, obviously, we lost uh, the uh, Granite Bowl, which is the tournament that you, yourself and I uh, run, and then we lost the first uh, the first um, Alba Team Challenge uh, was had to be postponed as well, and we've now had to. Uh, well, I know the the Glasgow guys have cancelled Glasgow, and um, um, Ant has uh, cancelled Burger Bowl in uh, July as well. Yeah. So I think the next the next possible one for everybody in Scotland is going to be uh, Kelpie Cup um, in uh, August. Um, and whether fingers we, crossed. Well, fingers crossed because the next one after that's the uh, I think it's. Uh, we're looking at um, Killy Bowl in November then, um, unless we can get something short notice into September or October. 
Uh, you never, you never can tell with these things. No. It's, let's all look on positive side. And on the positive side, uh, we promised a bit of a league spotlight. So we were encouraging um, league commissioners from around Great Britain and beyond to get in touch with us. And we've had a few folk uh, send their details through, but we want to put a bit of a spotlight on... Oh, God. And now I want to apologise straight away for <laughs> all, all, all pronunciation problems. But our league spotlight uh, this episode is um, from Belgium, uh, and the place is called Turnhout. Do you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, I think I think that that's probably how I would have said it. I'd have been uh, yeah. I'd have been inclined to go along, along lines of uh, Turnhout, uh, as in the Scottish way of pronouncing uh, appearing for something. Uh, well, but, <laughs> but I'm sure I'm sure your pronunciation is more accurate than mine. <laughs> let's, say, let's say hello to our friends in Turnhout in Belgium. Uh, we were contacted by their league commissioner Mel Sprangers, and he wanted to uh, obviously advertise his league and uh, their league. They've got a Facebook page called the Turnhout Treasures. Uh, yes. And in case we don't, in case we don't type it, Turnhout. Spelled T U R N H O U T, Trashers. So Turnhout Trashers. Uh, they actually had a pretty cool logo. You would have had a look. It's a big guy wielding a chainsaw. Yeah, I think I think what what I'll do is if I can, I'll I'll put a link up to the uh, the Facebook page on our um, on our page uh, in a post, just so uh, anybody in Belgium who is in driving a distance of Turnhout uh, has an option to play in a league that seems to be quite yeah. well run. They've got... well, it seems to be quite well run and quite well populated because they're saying that they've um, anywhere between twenty four and thirty six coaches yeah. involved in the the two the two leagues that they run during the year. Yeah, so the, the the details there are that they run a league, uh, like you said, two for per year, January to June, and then September to November. And then there's playoffs uh, that run directly after each of those uh, those league seasons. I'm sure as well that they would um, pick up games. I'm sure you know most leagues have pick up inside games that are going on. If it's uh, tournament practice or just a friendly game, um, if you're not able to attend all the different uh, league nights, so yeah, if you um, hit up our Facebook page, we'll we'll share the the Turnhout Trashers. Uh, and if you guys are living in Belgium, get along. And if any of the Belgian uh, players are listening to us, just send us a message, and hopefully we've uh, done your league justice. Uh, hopefully we haven't trashed the pronunciation of your uh, your town <laughs> slash city. See what, you, see what you did there. See what you did there. And and also, if you have an interest in hearing us uh, make a mockery of the pronunciation of where you live, uh, please feel free to drop us a line on the on the Facebook page, and we'll promote your league as well. So, yes, please. So yeah, for um for next time in our league spotlight, uh, it would be great to have another, uh, as Phil said, another name that we can absolutely mispronounce and disrespect. But do it with the greatest of respect, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't think the Scottish accent lends itself to uh, to trying to pronounce things that aren't in Scottish uh, sort of dialects. Yep. Well, all it'll do is 
give some people a laugh somewhere in the I world. I hope so. so. <laughs> that's the very best we can do. Well, Phil, it's been a pleasure as always, but I think um, our rookie coaches will um, send us some messages if we've... Well, do you agree with yeah. what we about with the Skaven? Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, hopefully we'll find out whether people are, are in agreement with what, where we are. I think the fact that we're both uh, very similar to our in our rosters uh, says something there. But there will no doubt be other builds that are uh, very competitive that other people can kind of suggest as well. And as always, uh, feedback's brilliant on this sort of stuff, and it gets the conversation going, and also opens you up to trying new things that you haven't thought of before. So. It's all good. Okay, rookie coaches. So uh, keep an eye on the Facebook page for the poll for the next episode. We're not going to tell you what the races are yet. Um, we're going to keep that a bit of a secret, but hopefully you'll be able to um, tune in to the next episode and we'll see you again in the future. Yep, cheers. <laughs> like a, it's like a backfiring uh, Robin Reliant. Yeah, it was a good one. Hashtag stack.